0: Welcome back, guys. It's Rach here with today's episode of the podcast. We are continuing our conversation about the fear of failure. This is a keynote that I gave last year at my RISE conference, and the intention behind it is to unpack the layers of our fear, to really look it in the eye and understand, number one, why we are so afraid, but also what to do about it. If you didn't hear last week's episode, I would suggest you go back and start with part one, but if you've already devoured that and you're ready for a little bit more, this is our continuing conversation on fear of failure. As always, would so appreciate it if you would share this with someone that you think really needs it, guys. Uh, We will always, always, always have the podcast available for you for free, and all that we ask in return is that you... Get the word out and share it with someone who could use it. All right. I hope you dig this episode. Check in with me on social. Let me know what you think. And here's to being afraid, but freaking doing it anyway. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything. Life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Who wrote something down that surprised them? Who was honest with themselves about something that their heart knew, but that they didn't want to admit? Who wrote something down that they know is really freaking hard to let go of? Good for you. Because you know now, right? Right? There's that old saying that says, uh, knowledge is power, right? Who's heard knowledge is power? Who's heard that? Knowledge isn't power. Because there's a lot of things right now you know, but you don't do. Knowledge is not power, applied knowledge is power. When you take the things you know and you turn them into action, that is your power in action. So sometimes when we do this work where we talk about the things that we need to release, in order to think about the things that we need to release, we bring up hard stuff. We bring up truths about ourselves. We see things that make us disappointed. We see stuff that we know is there that we didn't really wanna look at. And that is part of the reason that I think we have this fear of failure that we have this fear of being ourselves or showing up in a space authentically or getting it wrong. And so as we start to talk about where we're going, because the next two days are all about building the roadmap to where you wanna go and what you wanna achieve in your life and not just who you want to be, but how you want to be. Applied knowledge, right? As we start to turn that corner, I want you to think about for a second we tend to look at failure through the lens of having done something wrong. But can you find a moment? Can you think of a moment? And uh, this is the top of page 30. Can you think of a time in your life where you failed at something that in the moment you were devastated by? And now you look at it and you're like, thank God. Maybe it was a relationship. Anyone ever, when you were younger, you were deeply in love with someone that now you are like, "Oh, what? And I know you have Facebook or Instagram, so you have looked at where they are now and where they are now is very upsetting to you and you're like, I could be with that person, right? At the time, it was super upsetting, or at the time they left you, or at the time you felt like you had failed, or maybe who's ever been fired from a job, and you were so upset you got fired from a job, but then it led you to something better? Who has ever gone through a failure that you realize now was actually the direction that you were meant to go? See, Here's the thing about faith, and I mean this as an individual, not necessarily in terms of religious faith, but faith in what is happening to you as a person. If you're gonna practice faith in one area of your life, you gotta practice faith in all areas of your life. You can't believe that it's divine when something good happens to you, and then be pissed off when it doesn't go the way that you wanted it to. Which one is it? Did the universe have a plan? Were you being led in a certain direction only in the times where it was easy? When you encounter the speed bump and it's hard, this is my favorite thing. Like, I I was at a conference years ago and I heard someone say this thing I I have never forgotten. He said, um, He's like, you know, people see success, right? They see success and they see people who are successful as like standing on top of a mountain. And they're like, man, look at them standing on top of the mountain of success. And he's like, we, you think that we're on this top of this mountaintop of success, but the reality is that the mountaintop of success is really just a pile of all the failures. The difference between you and me is that I am standing on top of my failures instead of buried underneath them. And so you see this thing, like you are like, "Oh, I believe in this, or I want this," or I'm being divinely led," and you, you set out on a journey, and then it gets hard. Who's ever like, made a decision, and maybe you're feeling this right now, energetically? Maybe you're feeling this shift. You make a decision to change your life. You make a decision to get healthy. You make a decision to go to therapy. You make a decision to do something good for yourself. And it's like the second you make a decision to do something good, everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Everything gets hard. Every, the washing machine breaks, someone bumps into you in the car, you hit a deer, you cuss in front of your nine-year-old, right? You, you find out that someone you love is sick. It feels like everything gets hard just when you were trying to do the thing that you wanted to do. And so you think, that the hardship or you think that the failure is a sign that this was not meant to be yours. When it's easy and it flows and it clicks, oh, I get it. That's when God was guiding me to the place that I was meant to be. That's when the universe had a plan, when it was easy road. But the second it gets hard, oh, that's okay. I'm not supposed to have that thing. And what I think is so crazy about this idea is that every single good thing in my life is on the other side of something that sucks. I have a tattoo on my wrist. It says, embrace the suck. Right there. Because I realized that everything that is beautiful and good in my life came on the other side of something really, really hard. When I was in labor with my first son, 52 hours of labor, so painful, so hard. So who's ever um, pushed a baby out of their body? Holy crap, right? It's just all the things and it feels so impossible. And I pushed for over like an hour and a half or something and it just, oh, this is the worst. And then there's this moment where he came out and they put him on my chest and I believed in past lives in that moment because I looked into this little boy's eyes and my first words to him were, I know you, it was so hard, it was so awful and it became this beautiful thing. The very first time I believe that I might be able to run a race, any runners in the room? Anybody dream of being a runner? You're like, that'd be awesome, but not me. My body doesn't work that way. My people aren't, those are not my genetics. Don't lie to me. Raise your hand if you've ever thought that. Okay, same. So the only reason that I ever ran, ever, was because when I was pregnant with my third son, my ex-husband decided that he was gonna run a half marathon. God bless him. Just if you're wondering, if you're watching this at home and you have a partner who's pregnant, I'm gonna tell you right now, the time to get in the best shape of your life and start training for a race is not when your partner is very pregnant with a varicose vein in a spot that no woman should have to have a varicose vein and she's got to wear groin support underwear and she's uncomfortable and she's sad and then you decide to start running and looking hot and she's waddling. Just don't, I'm just saying. But he did this thing and it was awesome, he was so good at it and he started training and I'm a, I'm a little competitive and so in my like pregnant state, waddling around, I was like, you know, you do the, the, the pregnancy waddle? You guys know, right? I was like, you just wait. I didn't say this to his face in my heart. I was like, you just wait. With some day, when this baby gets out of my body and I could run without peeing my pants, my boobs stop leaking, then, I'm gonna sign up for a 5K. Now at the time, I had never run like not even half a mile since like fifth grade when they make you and you're just dying and you can't do anything. And you're like the kid, they're like, that kid's like six minute mile, seven minute mile. And they're like, here comes Rachel, 17 minute mile. I'm like, yeah. So I signed up for a 5K. And I train for it, and I do this first one. I'm telling you this story because it's all aligning with this idea that we're gonna suck at it, but we're gonna get better, and we're gonna keep trying, even though it's hard, and we're gonna embrace the suck. And I go to do a 5K, and I think I am going to die the entire time. Uh, 5K is like three miles, and I'm gonna puke, and it's so hard, and then all of a sudden, I just keep going, and I get to the end, and I'm like one of the slowest people, but I finish. And it was one of the first times in my life, truly, that I did something I didn't believe I could do. I had told myself my entire life, I'm not a runner. I'm not an athlete. That's not how my people are wired. I don't have the bone structure for it. I don't know how. I don't know the right thing to wear, the right shoes to buy. And for the first time ever, I just did it. I stopped talking about it, I stopped making excuses, and I just tried and I was awful, but I finished and I didn't die. When you do that once, your body wants to, you wanna do it again. Oh my, I did a 5K. Could I do a 10K? Could I do a half? You say, oh no, but we all have our version of this. If you're an entrepreneur and you made $1,000 for the first time, you're like, could I make, $1,100, right? Maybe you're doing something, you wanna build a nonprofit and you show up and you help one family. You're like, it's Thanksgiving and I have this calling on my heart and I wanna feed one family at Thanksgiving and you do it once and it feels so good and you're so proud of yourself and you didn't die that you the next year go, maybe I could feed two. Maybe I could feed five. That's how it works. We try something and we get a little bit better and then we wanna do it again. And the first time that I ran a marathon, 26.2 miles. And y'all, I am not, listen to me. My ex-husband can freaking sprint. He is so fast. He's so fast. I am not fast. I am the tortoise. It will take me forever to get there, but I will get there. And so I'm running this marathon in Los Angeles and it was this freak thing. It's in February in LA. It was a freak thing, 92 degrees in February. And so I'm like, this is how I die, this. And I had this rule for myself and everybody's different, but I had this rule for myself. I said, I will not walk. Come hell or high water, I will not walk. So for 26.2 miles, I am running so slowly. (laughs) There are times where like grandmas who came to like cheer on their grandchildren and they're in a walker are literally walking faster than I can run. But in my head, I just kept jogging, right? It was the hardest thing. The only thing that I have done, two things in my life that were harder. One was give birth for the very first time. And two was this dumb time we decided to climb a mountain. That's a whole other story. So I'm doing this marathon and it is, physically, mentally, emotionally, the hardest thing I have ever done in my entire life. And I remember getting to mile 18. 18 is so far away from 26. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't have it. I am done. I am gonna die. And if anyone here in California, LA, you know LA at all? Okay, one girl, woo, yes, we got some people. The LA Marathon runs from Dodger Stadium to Santa Monica Pier. If you know LA, you're like, holy crap, that's that's a lot of city, right? So mile 18 is Wilshire Boulevard. I will never forget this. Every time I go back to LA for work, I drive on the street, I'm like, see you, Wilshire. So I'm running, running, running. And here's the other thing, miraculously, that was mile 18, my kids, when I did not have anything left in me to give. I knew my kids were watching. And all I wanted to show them was that mama doesn't quit. Because I think so often, they get to see that from their daddies, right? You got to see your daddy go out and earn the money and take care, right? You get to all these opportunities where you get to see the men do these things that show strength. And I just wanted them to see that mama doesn't quit. And so at late 18, when I'm like, I do not have anything left in me. Everything feels hard. Everything is screaming. Everything I know is telling me you're going to die. And I am not exaggerating. I am very dramatic. My brain is the most dramatic thing on the planet. It's like, this will be the end of you. You are going to poop your pants. You're gonna start your period. You're gonna throw up. You're gonna die on these mean streets of Wilshire. Everything. And all I could think was just keep taking one step in front of the other. And the reason I tell you that is because, y'all, that was 2015. And can you tell what it does to my heart to talk about it right now? Can you tell how strong I feel just remembering that moment? No matter what happens, I did that. I kept going. And those hardest miles from 18 to 26.2, I freaking kept going. Because what's crazy is that you have a mountain. You have a mountain that you want to climb. You have a goal. You have a version of yourself that you know you can be. You know you deserve it. You know your kids deserve it. You know the people in your community deserve it. You know that you have a purpose that cannot come to fruition unless you stand in who you are. And it's hard. This is a hard road. And everything in your past tells you that when it gets hard, it is a sign that it is not for you. And I always imagine this moment. I always imagine God in her infinite wisdom she's up there and she's looking down on you and she's like, okay, okay. Tana told me she wanted this. Karen told me she wanted this. Diana told me she wanted this. This is the thing that they have told me that they want. They wanna climb that mountain and I believe it because I put that potential in their heart and I know what they are capable of. So I'm gonna set up. I'm gonna guide them in the direction for how they're gonna to get to this, right? What's crazy? is that you hit the hard thing, or the next hard thing, or the next hard thing, and you quit. You sit down, you lay down, and you give up. And I always just imagine, I always just imagine that God is up there like, wait, no, 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 you told me that you wanted to climb the mountain. You told me that you wanted to climb the mountain, and so I put things in your way that would make you strong enough for the ascent. The scripture says, yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're supposed to walk through the valley, you are not supposed to die there. The things that have been placed in front of you are not signs that this is not meant for you. They are not signs that you are not strong enough. They are not signs that you are not enough. They are signs that you are meant to grow in some way. In this specific way, we cannot believe that we are guided only when it's easy. In fact, sometimes I think when we're guided in a direction that's easy, it's actually an opposition of the woman that we wanna be. Because I'll tell you what, this is a lot. This, this work we're doing, this space we're holding, this emotional day that we've had, this is a lot. This is a lot for me, this is a lot for you, this is a lot for those of you at home. And there's a really easy thing that we can all do as soon as we leave here. We can go have two or three drinks, except for Katie. We can get out of the emotional state and the things that we felt and the work that we did that fast, can't we? See, my version of that is alcohol. Maybe your version of that is food. Maybe your version of that is pills. Maybe your version of that is shopping. Maybe your version of that is something that's so dark and so deep that you don't even want to admit it to yourself, but there are things that we can do really quickly that can make us stop feeling the way that we're feeling. We can numb out from the hard things. We can stay in the comfort zone. You came here because you were tired of the comfort zone or because something in your spirit said no more, said it's not gonna be easy, but we just did all that work today remembering how strong we are. And so I want you to do something for me. I want you to remember how strong you are. I want you to remember how resilient I want you to remember the times that you stood back up and you kept going. I want you to remember the strength. We talked about what we need to let go of. We talked about the hard things that we lived through. And before we end this day, we are going to remember all the times in our life where we didn't give up because there are many. And the thing about women is that we are so hard on ourselves. We're so freaking hard on ourselves. We put so much shame on ourselves. We do not give ourselves credit for anything. And so we're gonna commit some time right now. Dear blank, that's where you put your name. Dear Tana, dear Blake, dear Asan. Dear Dominique, I am your persistence. You see it there, the first line. I am your persistence. I am the part of you that never gave up. And this is what I want you to know. Right from the version of you as a little girl who lived through that thing. Right From the version of you that felt the grief of loss and got back up the next morning and did what needed to be done to take care of your family. Right from the part of you that put yourself through school. Right from the part of you that gets up and takes care of those babies even when you're exhausted. Right from the part of you that stopped drinking and then had to stop drinking again and then had to stop drinking again until it clicked. Write from the part of you that is 16 years sober. Write from the part of you that did not give up. And here's the thing, the voice in the back of your mind is going to try and tell you that these things don't count, that that's not big enough. I want you to give yourself credit. And the way that you do this is you don't overthink it. Stream of consciousness as fast as you can. If you write fast, you are less likely to talk yourself out of it. Give yourself credit for everything. Take a few minutes, maybe you fill this page, you gotta turn to a new notes page. I am your persistence and this is what I want you to know. Who wrote down something that they've never acknowledged of themselves before? All of you wrote down things that you're constantly thinking of and (laughs) giving yourself credit for? Right. Uh, Shout out to me some of the things that you wrote down that you've never acknowledged in yourself before. Showing grace. Having a baby at 20, what else? Your past doesn't define you. Deciding that my past does not define me. What else? Opening a business nine months pregnant. (laughs) Talk about creation. What else? You saved my life. What else? Hold on, you're not getting it. Stand up with your notebook in your hand. Look at what you did. Look at what you did. You. Will you read me a couple of lines from your page? Hold on one second, we're gonna get you a mic. Get ready, because I might call on you. Just a couple. Okay. I wrote, you love your family. You love to feel good. You love things that make big memories for your family. I'm putting you miss your life as a kid. To bring it out at home. I cannot read anymore. I will cry. You're, you're perfect. You are perfect. Okay. I want you to look at another woman that you feel like is supposed to have the mic. It's okay, Kristen. I want you to hand it to someone new. That you feel like is supposed to have it. Okay. Don't overthink it. Girls, what's your power okay. pose? <laughs> Boobies out. Head back. <laughs> this is us in power. Read me your words. I am smart enough. I am smart enough. I am brave enough. I am brave enough. And I am loved. I am loved. Hand the mic to someone else. See, what everyone's doing real quick, the reason that your energy is here instead of here is because you're worried that her persistence has better things to say to her than yours did. (laughs) And I can see it because before she's reading, she's trying to decide which line she's going to share with you.
1: That I didn't give up
0: on life. That I didn't give up on life.
1: Because I thought of my children first.
0: Because I took care of those babies.
1: And with the grace of God, I made it.
0: And with the grace of God, I made it. To live my life. Amen. Hand the mic to someone else. We're back. Oh, Tana, the universe oh, feels Jesus. like he needs it. Okay. <laughs> just, just read us some lines. Okay. Um, you got clean and sober, and stayed that way for 16 years. Yes, you did.
1: You figured out how to dance at a club or anywhere
0: sober. <laughs> Not karaoke yet, working on that. Um, you started an online business and made $10,000 the first month. Beautiful. Still working on doing that again. Right, but. <laughs> right, but you did but it. But I did it. Right, yeah. okay, Tana, hand the mic to someone else. Yes. Right here, this, Yep. This one, beautiful necklace. No, let's, you do, no, the universe wanted you and then we're going to her. Yes, ma'am, with the glasses. That you picked yourself off the floor and you stopped doing cocaine and you found love and that was meant to be. Yes, it was. Next. You are stronger than you know and in those dark moments when you think things couldn't get worse, you rose up and rise to the occasion. Yes, you did. All right, right here, Mike, right here. No, no, right here. Yes, ma'am, you. Yes.
1: Oh, God. Okay. Um, you're not the victim. You're not broken. And just because your journey to becoming a mom doesn't look normal doesn't make you any less than.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would just want to say this to you two things. One, not only are you not a victim, but our words matter, and the way we speak to ourselves matters. So instead of saying, I'm not a victim, I want you to say, I am a warrior, I am strength. In every religion, in every religion, the words I am are divine. If you grew up in the Christian faith, you heard, be still and know that I am. I am that I am. If you look through every religion, going back generations and generations, you will find that the words I am are divine. And so whenever we use the words I am, we need to be very careful about what we follow them with. Wayne Dyer says that if you're going to use the words, I am, and you're gonna follow it with anything that is not something God would say herself, you need to be thoughtful about what you're saying. So not only are you not a victim, but you are a warrior because you are strong and you keep going. And are you in, You're on a journey to become a mom? Um, we adopted an eight-year-old two years ago. But yeah. We've been struggling with the fertility for seven years. Yeah. Yeah, but you are a mama. Yeah, and you feel in your heart that you're called to have another baby. Is that right? Yeah, right. I just want to tell you something right now I feel like you need to hear. Your baby has a birthday. You just don't know what it is yet, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. I want to thank every single woman who stood up and read her version of Persistence but what I want you to get out of this is this practice is about acknowledging what you are. See, your paradigm right now, your model says that when you acknowledge these things, you're comparing yourself to other people. You're thinking that you shouldn't write stuff down. You're thinking that what your persistence walked you through was not as big or as exciting as the thing that her persistence walked her through. I could see it in the energy get sucked out of the room. We went from being excited and being called to something greater to deciding that our hardship and our strength isn't as strong as hers. You are exactly where you are meant to be. And man, I hope that you will spend some time tonight and I hope that you will read what you have done Because it's really easy to be like, oh, I took care of my kids. But you know if you have kids how hard that is. You know. I kept trying even when it got hard. I got sober. I didn't give up on life. I stood back up and went again is more powerful than any success story we can ever hear. I tried again. I got out of bed today, I took a shower, and maybe that's all you did, but you freaking did it. This is a record of your power. This is a record of your strength. Own that. The next two days are about you understanding how powerful you are. But if you don't make this connection, between where you have been and all that you have gone through to get to this room and this moment, you're missing it. You don't have to have her story to be strong because the thing that you walked through was trauma and pain and hardship for you. Someone's version of losing a parent is as painful as someone else's version of being an addict. This is not a competition. This is a sisterhood that says we have all gone through it and we're all strong because of it. We started this day talking about belief and what we believe, and I wanna end this day focusing on what we decide to believe now. You can look at all the stuff and you can decide that it means that you are a victim. You can look at all the stuff and you can decide that it means that they win. You can look at all these things and decide that this is it. This is the most I'll ever do. But you would not be here with us in this space, watching this online, staying up in the middle of the night, you would not be here doing these things to get this information if you didn't know in your heart that there is more for you. And so we've reframed belief. And because I am a nerd and I believe music is medicine, we're gonna end this day with a little more karaoke. So put your notebook down. There is a song that we love and that we feel like is the perfect explanation of all the things that we went through. And I want you to use this moment and I want you to stand in strength. It's the last three minutes of this day. And I want you to set your intention for not who you're going to be, but how you are going to be when you leave this space. I want you to decide how you are going to show up in this night that will set you up for tomorrow. Because if you go make choices right now that will soothe the present version of you, you are screwing the future version of you. We are reframing what we believe. So I want you to sit in this, we're gonna lower the lights, we're gonna show the words on the screen, and I just want you to meditate in these words, however it feels for you if what it feels like is you holding space for all that we went through, if what it feels for you is you visualizing in your mind all that you have overcome, but I want you to do it from a place of strength because you are strong. Will you play the song, guys? What does it look like to believe that the darkness shows us where light can be?
1: I believe that tomorrow is stronger than
0: yesterday. Listen to her words. And
1: I believe that your hands is the only thing in your way. I wish that
0: Feel it you are still here you are still here you are still here This is not the end of me This
2: is the beginning Sing it This is not the end of me This is the beginning find meaning in it This is not the end of me this is the beginning. This is not the end of me. This is the beginning. Sing it for her. This is not the end of me. This is the beginning. sing it for your daughter. This is not the end of me. This is the beginning. Sing it for sing your wife. This is not the end of me. This is the beginning. This is not the end of me, this is the beginning.
0: This is the beginning. This is the beginning. We all have those moments in life that we can track to before and after. And I hope that this weekend for you is a before and after. The next two days are about building into where we want to go. And I know today was emotional. And I also know that there are people in this room who didn't let themselves feel emotional because they've been taught that that's wrong. I know that there are people at home who are watching them. this who didn't let themselves feel it. And so not only are you holding the space of all the emotion around you, but you're also holding the tension of trying to keep it all together because that's what you do. That's your job. You keep it all together. This is your chance. You fought for this opportunity. You fought to be in this room and to do this work. You fought to be here. And now you're gonna talk yourself out of opening your heart and experiencing these moments and letting yourself feel because you are so worried about what would happen if you just let go. What happens if I don't have it all together? What happens if I don't have all the answers? What happens if I start crying and I can't stop? What happens if I let this anger build up inside of me and it comes out somewhere? You fought for this time. And yes, you paid money to be here and to be in this room or to watch this at home. You paid for this, but you can make more money. You can't ever get this time back. This is the most precious resource that you have and you gave it to yourself because you said you are worth it. We started this day setting our intention, so what I'm gonna ask you to do tonight is to go back to your hotel room or go back to your bedroom or go back to somewhere and set your intention for tomorrow. What does it look like to go in? What does it look like to not care what people think of me, to not worry about the other women in the room and how they're showing up? What does it look like to show up in this space with my whole heart as my whole self just freaking once? Just once. What would it be like if you let go? If you said, man, this is who I am. Most of you don't even know what that's like. Because nobody ever gave you the freedom and said, I will love you, I think you are worthy, I think you are enough as you are. You don't have to do your hair a certain way or put on makeup or wear the right clothes or say the right things. In this space, we love you as you are. But if you've never had the opportunity to show up as your whole self, you better freaking bring that woman in the doors with you tomorrow. We did hard work today and there's gonna be an instinct in some of you to pull back. Cause this was scary. And you didn't let yourself go all the way there. Cause you were worried about what would happen if you let yourself go all the way there. And you'll, you'll have fun. You'll do these next two days and you'll hear from great keynote speakers and my friend Trent's coming. You're gonna get fired up and you're gonna have quotes to put on your social media. You'll be entertained. You'll laugh a lot, Asana will play music and you'll check a box because you did the thing, right? You did it, but you are gonna know in your heart that you didn't do it all the way. Do not leave these three days with regrets. You're gonna come back tomorrow and you're gonna feel the energy shift. Something amazing happens as we go through these days. Amazing. Every single day, you're gonna feel it get bigger. Tomorrow, we're gonna have the same amount of people. It's gonna feel like there are double the women in the room. I promise you. By day three, you're gonna think that this room is filled and COVID never existed and we got 3,000 people dancing on their feet. You're gonna feel it grow. And you're gonna have this voice in your head that says, see, she could do it. She could figure it out because she's better than you. She's more connected. She's more centered. She's smarter. She has it. You're just not wired that way. You're still trying to control the experience. If you're gonna be here, Be in. I want you to go out of this room tonight and I want you to think about how you wanna show up in the next two days, because remember this is practice, not for who we wanna be, but for how we wanna be. I believe in the power of the women in this community. I believe that in this space we have people who will build the next great nonprofit. I believe that there are countless best-selling books that will change people's lives in this room. I believe there are podcasts that are meant to be made. I believe there are YouTube videos that are meant to be seen. I believe there are people who will do work in small ways, one person at a time that the world will never know about, but to that one person, it will change their whole world. You are that woman. You are that change. But you have to believe in yourself. And you don't have to have the roadmap and you don't have to know the steps, but you just have to believe that there is a purpose for you in all of this. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you holding space for each other I appreciate how different each and every person is in this room, but we held grace and we held dignity and we honored each other's experience. This is good work. This is divine work. And I'm grateful to be in it with you. I'll see you tomorrow.